Hello and welcome to State of Crime. This week it's two states, two murderers, lots of crime. And we have our wonderful special guest once again, the lovely and talented Maria. Hello guys. We love it when she's here. <laughs> we and do. We are going from Colorado to Washington. Yes. And we're going to stay gruesome. Yes. <laughs> per usual. We've also tended to, we, I mean, most of these things are gruesome You're anyway. Right. But... There's this, some extra gruesome. Yeah, this one kind of sits on almost like a nauseated if you really get into, get it. into it. Yeah. So, Maria has recently gotten me hooked to a new podcast that has come out within I think it started in April March it was the end of March yeah the anniversary of her disappearance is when it started so so this is a great podcast if you like the true crime podcast podcasts why am I having trouble saying that word today (laughs) that's the second time that this has happened but if you like the true crime podcasts that follow one story for multiple episodes um doing a lot of interviews with family and friends and people involved and if you like those kinds of podcasts you will love this um it's kind of like it's very similar to up and vanished but i in my opinion much better and there is somebody who if you have listened to up and vanish and you listen to hide and seek there is somebody who you might recognize um, which was awesome to know that he had gotten himself involved. He had actually reached out to this podcaster instead of this podcaster reaching out to him. Because he wanted to help. He wanted to help. So that was awesome to hear that he had joined in on this podcast. Yeah. So we're not really going to get too deep into the case that he is covering in this podcast, Hide and Seek. But there is a person of interest in this case that has some other things going on with him Mm -hmm. and he has done some pretty gruesome things and so we decided we'd cover him which is also kind of covered in the podcast but it's a very small small piece of the giant puzzle that is this case so we decided to talk about this one and Maria's here with us partially because she got me interested in this (laughs) and partially because she then tells me that this case is based out of a town where a lot of her family resides or in or around this town her grandma lives here and lived through the whole thing and so she's been there my yeah my cousin was actually in high school when this was happening in Tenino so oh wow Mm mm-hmm So, on August 8th of 2010, correct? Yes, it was 2010 because it was, yep, 17 months after the disappearance of the original victim that we were listening about. So, it's August 8th, 2010, and there's a woman who's walking on what I understood it to be as a hiking path that was once a railroad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was once an old railroad trail that they have since then, and this they did this many, many years back, but they actually groomed the trail, paved it, turned it into an active walking trail 
that spans over miles. So it actually connects to another town. Okay, so was it actually like the track? They actually, like where the track ran? Yes, where the track ran. They have pulled the ties, the rails, everything, paved it out. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with a big biking group that happens. It's called the S2P Seattle to Portland. They use that trail. Okay. So that's one of the ones that they used to connect to all of the towns to stay off of the interstate. That's awesome. It yeah. is. It's it's a very beautiful trail. It's wooded. It goes along a lake. It goes along the highway. The towns very gorgeous. And it is kind of similar to the trail we have here mm-hmm. in Mountain Home, in the fact that it sits right next to a very busy highway. Mm-hmm. Interstate. Yeah. Actually, I mean that's an interstate. So. Right. Interstate yeah. here, very active, busy state highway here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there is a woman walking down this path late evening, early evening, early evening. Yeah, about afternoon this Mm -hmm. is going on. And she took a walk and she sees this man kind of, would you call it a ravine? I would actually call it the ditch because the way that the highway, the trail sits, I mean, probably a good, I don't know, 30 feet above the highway. So as you're walking, you look down onto the highway but there is a ditch that dips pretty low below the highway off of the trail. So, I mean, you dip down and then walk back up towards the highway. Okay. And this woman who is walking on this path sees a man down in this ditch. And she originally thought that it kind of looked like he was peeing. And she just assumed maybe he's some a transient who's just kind of roaming right. through. And she does end up slightly interacting with him later in the terms of, like, he walked by her, he smiled, she didn't say anything, she just thought the whole thing was really weird, and, like, he was very out of place, but she didn't really see anything weird except for him. Okay. And she ends up going back home, telling her husband what happened. She had seen this man's truck in... What you described, Maria, is kind of like a makeshift. Yeah, it's more dirt. like a dirt pullout right off side. So f- the Highway 507 runs along the hiking trail. There is a road called Churchill Road that is off to the right. Okay. So there's also, when you pull off, it's one of the trailheads that you can use to access it. And there's like a makeshift dirt lot. Right, so people can park, park. their cars. And yeah. then And we have yes. that too, although yeah. they've really made them nice and fancy right. here. Right, see, but... and here in Washington, it's just kind of dirt. It's You just pull off into the bushes right. and yeah. do your thing. And <laughs> so she sees his truck there. She, I believe, if I rec- remember correctly, she said that she has seen him going back and forth to his truck quite a bit. Okay. And yeah. at one point he had moved his truck from this makeshift area to right up where he was in this ditch. Alongside the highway. So his activity is weird. Yes. yes. Coming off is strange, you know. She said, like like Caitlin said, he appeared to be peeing, but she said as she looked back, it also appeared that he was masturbating. But she couldn't see what was below him, so that's why it triggered her, like, this is strange. This this is not okay. Because the second time back, as she's walking back to her car, is when he kind of approached her, didn't say anything, just smiled at her. But she felt that that was his way of almost distracting her from looking down into the ditch to see what was down there. Yeah. And so she goes home, she tells her husband, and they both think it's weird, so they drive by... To take a picture of his license plate. 
Smart move. And it, his truck is still there, and they see him doing the whole back to his truck, back so down. So he's still doing this. He's still doing this, yeah. He's And he's still there. And this Does is it look a, like he's carrying anything, or is he just walking She didn't back and say. Forth? Yeah. She, she, she didn't say that there was anything weird that he was. Like, there was nothing that would have called her attention okay. aside from him just acting strange. Okay, just the back and forth yes. movement. Well, like, and her being a woman alone on a walking trail, you know, she's yeah. just a little weirded out by him. Yeah. Well, some time passes. She goes home. They take the picture, whatever, no big deal. And another woman, male, it was a I male. I think it was a man. They didn't really specify. Another person was then walking on this trail, and he comes in contact with... I guess we never we never introduced him. Oh, we did. We never introduced <laughs> who he was. That's okay. It's you're But like, let's you're, build, yeah. You're building, building the tension it. and the drama. He's just the guy. So these two men come up to each other, one of them carrying what appears to be a human body. Now this human body was wrapped in plastic bags it was wrapped in blankets and then in a so it's just bag. a weird form that looks like a yes. body right. in it so this okay. person a- approaches him and he comes back at this person stating he found this body and he needs help burying it because he didn't he found this body that's what he claims and he didn't want the family to have to pay all of the thousands of dollars to bury this body so he wanted to do it to help the family out so he was either what he asked the man to help bury her or he had other plans <laughs> to sink her in a swamp well <laughs> this is crazy it's nuts <laughs> hey, I'm a body fine who can't afford to bury your loved ones I'll just go bury them or seek them in a swamp for you right, right. new business idea I mean hey we could start something <laughs> so this man is immediately like uh no yes. <laughs> and no. he goes the opposite direction and he ends up coming to a couple of, I believe, sheriffs that were on patrol just kind of driving around. He flags them down. He tells them, like, this dude down down there just, like, asked me if I would help him bury a body. And he was, like, carrying a body. So <laughs> they go to check it out. And as they're walking over there, they see the truck drive past them. Okay. And the dude's like, that's him. So the cops then start following him, try to pull him over. It took a little while for him to actually pull, pull over, over from what I've understood. Now at this point, he's kind of reaching town. And any insight from this, from what I'm understanding where he had, where this is happening, where he pulled the body that he claims he found from the hiking trail, he's about five, six miles okay. outside of town. Okay. And from what I understand, these few little towns... Are very close together. Pretty much. Rainier is the town outside of Tenino, so this happened between Rainier and Tenino. Mm. Ten, uh, Rainier is about 11, 12 miles okay. down the highway from Tenino. So the cops pull him over and he tells them, I have a body in here. Just like tells them. So they like get him out of the truck, they cuff him, they sit him down, and they start searching this truck. And sure enough, they find the body of Vonda Boone. 
Vonda Boone. And they find her wallet underneath his seat. And she, like I said, is wrapped in plastic bags. She's wrapped in blankets. And then she's in a like sleeping stuffed bag. stuffed in a sleeping bag. Okay. So they call EMS to come and check out to make sure she's a viable body. Which is standard. Which is standard. Right, right. Standard procedure. Well, the EMS that was actually interviewed in the the podcast that we're listening to said that the cop had pulled the truck over right outside of his home. So this is a very close town that he's reaching. People, I mean, it's... People are distant, but people are close. Right. So he walks, because he walks out his front door, sees the lights and everything, walks over to the scene. He's pretty close to it. And... He claims the body to be cold to the touch and wet. But when you start doing some research online and stuff, all of the news reports say that her body was still warm. Still fresh. Okay. So I don't know if that is the media just kind of selling it to right, make it. Which I think they're wrong. Because when we were listening to the podcast, that woman encountered him in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He wasn't pulled over until around 9 p.m. 8.15, I believe it was. So in but the still, evening, it's yeah. hours. There's hours. Yeah. So with the news stating that she's warm and was fresh, mm-hmm. but EMS talking in this interview is stating, no, she was wet. She was cold. Like, she had already been dead for a few hours. Okay. So now trying to figure out, is his story real? Did he really find her? And now he's being charged with the, what is that? Missy Improper disposal. of a body. Yeah. So I think they kind of, maybe like a, t- a teeny tiny bit, maybe gave him like a little bit of like, okay, maybe as crazy as this sounds. Right. Maybe this is true. But, right. Until they found her wallet under his, his seat. seat. Well, and they start to pull everything back and start to check her body out. EMS then notices that she had her throat slit from ear to oh ear. Oh, God. Three quarters of her neck deep. He almost, almost decapitated, decapitated her. Mm. So, <clears throat> once he sees that, he's very much like, she's dead. Because just, and he said it in his own words, he said just because they're cold does not mean they are dead. Right. No, I mean, a comatose body wet, or, right. a, you yeah. know, hypothermia. There's a lot of things yes. that can happen yeah. here. And so, he, seeing the slit throat was what he was, he's like, yeah, she's, she's dead. dead. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. Now, he did say there was also a couple blows that she had taken to, to the, the back of the head. Mm-hmm. So, it was... From my understanding, maybe she was walking along, he was behind her. And that's what happened. Because they they tried to say, well, they didn't have any idea. Was she walking? Was she riding a bike? Was she rollerblading? Well, nothing was ever specified that she had rollerblades. They would have found a bike. Yeah, they would have found a bike. They didn't find anything like that. So she had to have been walking alone by herself on this trail that's known to be fairly safe. Mm Mm-hmm. And this happened. So now in custody, we have a 26-year-old Bernard Howell. Howell. I don't know why I cannot remember the last names of these people to say. I I'm so glad to you're give here. Him Wayne. I was like Bernard Wayne, and I had to go back. I was like, no, 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 no. That's not his last name. So he's a 26-year-old man who he and his father are currently living with one of his dad's friends. Okay. In the town of Tonino. Yes. And he, in his mugshot from when he got arrested, it, it makes Maria sick. We were talking about it 
earlier. And and when you look at it, it he really does have a bit of a smirk on his face. Mm-hmm. And, and his eyes are just very lifeless. So to the listeners, if you ever get a chance to look him up, his name is Bernard Howell. How I find the mugshot from the night that he was arrested is I searched Vonda Boone's name. Oh, okay. It's hard to find. It's hard to find it under Bernard Howell. I used searching Vonda Boone to get the articles to read to see, okay, where is there conflict in the stories? So he is currently in custody for suspicion of first degree murder. Mm -hmm. And... He just... That is... I Sorry, I looked no, up the... Good. That is a creepy picture. Isn't right? it? It just gives That is like if you were casting somebody and said, look like a creepy, creepy killer in your... This, this is this guy. Thank yeah. you. Well, and the strange thing is, is when I heard this story... You know, we didn't find out his age until I think close to the end of them telling this story of Vonda right. Boone. Right. Uh-huh. I had an idea it was an older, older man. Older man. Exactly. I mean, taking down a six-year-old woman on a running trail, acting strange, acting weird. You just don't think of somebody our age. Like, that's biased yeah. or whatever for me to think like that. But at the same time, most of our murderers that we've covered are older yes. people. Mm-hmm. Who have lived lived some life. Right. Not somebody who's, I mean, I think about it like... I don't really have a whole lot under my belt mm-hmm. yeah. out of high school. For, so to be 26 years old, that was pretty alarming that now, at this time in his life, he was our age. Yes. And Bernard Howell was a, what do you call it, a self-proclaimed meat deliverer? Yeah. He started his own unofficial, unconventional meat selling business where he sold meat out of his personal pickup truck, mind you, this is a little beat-up single-cab pickup truck, older style, with what appeared to be a chest freezer, like an in-home chest freezer, shackled shut in, in the, the bed, bed of, of his, his truck. Pickup. And he would drive house to house like the Schwann's man, trying to get orders to be able to sell this meat. Which apparently he was successful in some motions um yeah the the lady that were listening to the podcast had purchased meat from him Uh he sold beef chicken shrimp seafood yeah where was he getting it but that's my i mean (laughs) and to be fair i mean tonight if you take the drive to the beach you're roughly about an hour and 45 minutes i mean it's an easy day to spend at the beach and pick up but at the same time like he's selling it my idea of this is that this food is not fresh exactly. because it's inside what you would find in your house, like a yeah. chest freezer. And yeah. it's a chest freezer in a pickup. In a pickup. That's so not, plugged not plugged in. in. Exactly. Yeah. And it's shackled shut. So it looks creepy. Like, is he hoarding other people in it? Like, that was, what is happening? I mean, I'm sorry. The first thing I would think is There's, serial killer. Yes. Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. right? And my, so my grandma, kind of back in track a little bit before this had happened, she lives just right on the outside of town on the other end. So still part of Tonino, still in the city limits. And he had actually drove up. It's a private drive, too. And there's probably about 30 houses that are lined this private drive. And he had actually taken it and was going door to door. Had come across my grandma's house. My grandma said that she didn't have any interaction with him, but my grandpa did. 
that yes, his truck his truck alone made them feel weird. Like, okay, he's selling it out of a freezer mm-hmm. in the back of his truck. They use the Schwann's man anyways. Right. So she's definitely not going to go against her contract she's got with him. <laughs> she don't want to lose him. So she, you know, her and my grandpa decided, nope, they're going to decline the offer. Thank you very much. It's just not what they're looking for. And on his way up the road, he went. But she said that my grandpa did describe him as a little weird. You know, it just... The whole situation itself, like this man just shows up in this little beater pickup truck claiming he's selling meat, but he doesn't have licenses or permits. And just like he told the police, that same thing, he doesn't have licenses or permits to sell in, in the town. He does have permits to sell in another town, but we don't know what town that is. It because was never specified. Okay. It was like blocked out in the police report. You know, I'm sure because yeah. the town was like, do not mention our name. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not only that, but also nothing has ever been released on what was inside the freezer. And I figure, okay, I'll ask my grandma. You know, the whole hair salon gossip talk. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to have some sort of idea or know something. Or know somebody on the police force or, you know what right, I mean? Right, because yeah. it is a very small mm-hmm. town. Even with Thurston County, and my grandma worked for State Patrol at this time, too. She was an accountant, but still, she would hear things. She kind of has a little bit more insight on what's going on. But she said still nothing. Mm-hmm. She said that even she has no idea, has never heard from anybody what was inside his freezer. If it was indeed really meat he was selling now i i assume that it was meat he was selling because this was in 2010 this was 10 years nine years Years ago ago. if he had something more sinister in this chest freezer we'd have known about it i was just gonna say i don't know how you'd keep that secret especially because he's already been tried and convicted Mm -hmm. so that should have been part of his case yes so we assume that this really was just the meat meat. he was Mm -hmm. selling which was safe but there was something said in that podcast that they were calling people who he was selling meat to. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were trying to piece him. That's when they were trying to piece him to the other disappearance, yes. thinking, well, maybe this is what he did. But it was all just based upon theory and conspiracy, yeah. mm-hmm. basically. But this woman, Von de Boone, that he murdered, he did so in the daytime. Which is strange in and of itself because most... Serial killers or even murderers in general, actually anybody, norm, normally most crime is done at night <laughs> under the mask of darkness. Right. Or deeply hidden somewhere. Yes. Which is also odd because if you Google the trail or if you have lived in the area or whatever, you would know that down in the ditch along the highway, why did he choose that area versus... Just hitting the other side of the trail and being off in the bushes where he would not be yeah. seen at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But was it for the convenience of being able to pull his truck up and place her in the vehicle? Yeah, I don't know. I have very mixed emotions about whether I think this was his first kill. Because of the fact that originally when Marie and I were discussing it, we both were like, this could not have been his first kill. It was brutal not only the blunt force trauma to the head he almost decapitated her and we didn't even talk about the rest of the wounds that were found on her body he later tells the police about a friend of his who Mm -hmm. is not named and he tells them the story about how his friend taught him 
how to dispose of a body. And part of this routine, I guess to call it, to Mm -hmm. get rid of this body, is to fill it with weights. So he was told that you need to put something inside of the body to weigh it down and then throw it in a body of water. So what he had decided to do to weigh down this body was stick railroad stakes. Which for any of you who don't know what a railroad stake is, it's like... Just a giant spike. Like a big, huge nail. Yeah. Yes. But they're very heavy. He puts one up her butt and another one in her vagina. Oh my God. And he had plans... To sew her closed so that, so they, that they didn't come out. come out. He had also taken wire and more stakes and was wrapping them around her body so limbs wouldn't float to the top. Or Because that does happen when, especially, that's how a lot of bodies who get dumped in water are found. Because after a while, the gas inside of their body right. releases and it sends them up to the top. It makes them more buoyant. Or, or, or it just rots. Detach. Right. right, yeah. But, so this is... I almost do think this is his first killing because he's so damn inept. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the the choice of the location to dispose of the body, the fact that he isn't very careful. Do you know? I mean, there's not a Mm -hmm. lot of clear logical thinking going on here either. Well, and he expressed some, what would you call this, necrophilia? Yeah, where he has he has admitted to where he had sex with her dead body not once but twice during that day. Yes. So again, thinking about where this is at, like this is insane that about he how open it was. Mm-hmm. Open and that it was right there in the middle of the daytime alongside a highway where probably hundreds of people passed him. On either side of the highway going by. It's al- and people almost use like he had trail. some sort of weird subliminal desire to be caught. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. at the very fact that he looked, you know, like so you said, you know, when he looked at the one woman who was walking on the trail, maybe to distract her. Right. But that would also cement him in her mind. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of just very like almost please catch me yeah sort weird of stuff. right well so he does get tried they find him guilty of course because there's plenty of evidence mm-hmm. and well while they're looking for evidence i guess we should get to the crazy part they go to his the house there's more i mean there's more. we're not at the crazy part yet i know we haven't <laughs> hit it but wait there's more <laughs> right so when police and investigators go to the home that he is living in with his dad and his dad's friend they talk to his dad his dad does at that point mention some history in some mental illnesses Methamphetamine drug use. There we go. Ding, 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 ding. Well, while they are searching the property, one of the investigators finds a tunnel from the backyard dug through the backyard and then under the house. And you go through this tunnel and he had dug out a 10 by 10 room under 
the house. Tall enough for the six foot three investigator to stand up with no problem. What kind of a house is this? I mean, is it on a slab foundation? Is it a trailer? So, Tenino, a little more inside on this. Tenino is a very old town. Um, Oregon Trail runs right through it. They settled in Tenino. Um, A lot of these homes are older. Quite a few of them are older. So, a lot of them don't have what the traditional nowadays cement foundation would be. They were just kind of thrown on some dirt. Oh, done okay. you're good to go um and they just maintain them so that honestly could have been or he could have just dug right under a foundation yeah well, i was gonna say if it were like a you know but it'd have to be some sort of a slot you know because i'm yeah. like here you dig out even yes. even a house like this one that doesn't have a basement per se mm-hmm. but you still you dig out you pour concrete you know right. and then you Build, yes. so I mean that you know you'd have to go through concrete or something. Something, to, yeah. yeah. And but. so it's a ten by ten room. Again, Maria said the investigator that found it was six two six three, and he could stand straight up comfortably with so it's, a little bit of room. He mm-hmm. said it's big, and it was had it had a lot of things in it, demonic carvings and writings, and he said there was hundreds of candles that had been lit, mm-hmm. melted over time, that lined the room so it had been used it, a lot yes. he'd been yes. there a lot yes so he does get tried and convicted of 25 years 25 years 25 years and it why for it, first degree murder yes he slit that woman's throat how the hell do you get 25 years for first degree murder i wish i knew but he was Brett Kavanaugh his judge? I mean, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. He spent some time in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. And they have then decided, well, no, he can withstand trial. So he spent, what, 18 months yeah. in a mental institution to be evaluated over time. So I don't know if they're using that as time served, but still, you think about 18 months on top of a 26-year sentence, that's not a whole lot of time. And that's he's 27 and a half And he's years. 26 years. So, I mean... He's with- going to get out. I mean, this is back in 2010. So 26 years, that's 2036. I mean, even if he served every day of his sentence, he's out in his 50s. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the most disgusting part of this case to me. I mean... Now... Like we said, he is a sus- maybe not a suspect, but maybe just a person, a person of, interest of interest who is not always a suspect. Sometimes is, but you know. So he is a person of interest in another case, which is the disappearance of Nancy. But last names today, not my thing. <laughs> Nancy Moyer. She disappeared March 6, 2009 from her home. And the reason why they have Bernard as such a big person of interest is because he lived a mile from her house. Okay. And this was before or after this, this is murder? Before, before this murder. This is before the Vonda murder. 17 months before, before the her murder. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, Nancy disappeared 17 months before Vonda Boone had okay. been found murdered. And investigators have tried to talk to him to try to get any sort of information, if they can, out of him to see if he is linked to the disappearance of Nancy. And it everything's been denied. He refuses to speak to anybody. Yeah, all he's ever said is, I have nothing to do with Nancy's disappearance. 
But they're still trying to link him because, for one, Nancy's daughters do claim him to be a very weird individual. And he did go to their house, and they did find meat that he had sold Nancy Um, in her freezer. Yeah. And the way that her disappearance goes, very similar to Tara's. Tara Grinstead. Tara Grinstead. Sorry about that. um, Is that her... Her keys, her wallet, her identification, her purse, her cigarettes, and a glass of wine was left in her house, and her front door was left wide open. Her TV was on. TV was on. Everything. So she wasn't going anywhere. No, no. her car was. Her still cigarettes at the house. were outside on her chair, and she had a cup in the. No, her cigarettes were in the cup holder. In the cup holder. Her glass of wine was on an end table in the living room, so it had to have been a situation where she probably stepped outside to smoke her cigarette. Where she normally did. She didn't smoke in the house. And they're thinking somebody pulled up. She got in the vehicle with them because a neighbor claims to have heard somebody talking mm-hmm. around the time that she was said to have disappeared. But they think that Bernard is involved with how closely he lived to her. With he was the about connection, a mile away About from a mile house. away. The connection he had. And just the disappearance in itself was strange. And her body's never been found. Never. Has never been found. And it's so when it had come out that he had plans to right. dump Vonda in the lake or in a swamp, he says, there's numerous bodies of water that surround Tenino. They You have the, the quarry, which he would have to gain city access to get to. So that is not anywhere that anybody would have to look is the quarry. It's like used as a public pool. Okay. Um, so that is locked up. You have to have city access and everything like that to get into there. Um. But there is a lake called Macintosh Lake, and it's just a few miles past where Vonda was murdered. Just a few miles down. Even if you walked the trail, it would take you to Macintosh Lake. So my question has always been, since I started listening and heard this happen with Bernard, well, since yesterday, but even then it's been driving me crazy, is Nancy in Macintosh Lake? Is that where he planned to take Vonda? Or was he planning to take her to the back on Skookumchuck River? Or was he planning to take her to a different body of water that surrounds as a fishing pond? I mean, there's so many different places that he could have taken her or had an idea mm-hmm. to take her. Have any of those places been searched? If they had an idea that this wasn't his first murder. Now, I, at this point, do believe that he is not involved in the disappearance of Nancy. Just because of how sloppy this killing was. See, that's Wanda. my thing, too. And there's this been one. other details released for Nancy's yeah. case that With has other... kind of pulled us out of it. Right. Kaylin has made a lot of good points on that. But, yes, he was sloppy. He was very sloppy. Yeah, he's just such such a disorganized. And, and the, you know, this scene, and, and this seemed more like a... You know, like a crime of opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just happened to run into her, maybe. And I think that's what he did say, is that he was just going along. And when he finally admitted after he released or let go yeah. of his own story that he had literally just and found And with the her. other case, if he's as creepy and awkward and bizarre and everything as he claims, why would she have... Because it sounds like... What's the first woman who disappeared? I'm sorry. The Nancy, Nancy disappeared. Okay, so it seems strange to me. Nancy, it would seem that, that there's no sign of a struggle, right, right. at her no, home. No. So why would she have gotten into his pickup? Right. With him? Do you know what I mean? Him. Like, yeah. are gone willingly with him, which well, so, would seem to be what happened there. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't think that he's connected just because, like I said, how sloppy he was. And I told, I, when, again, when we spoke earlier about it, my whole thing was, 
he was so sloppy and got caught within hours of killing Vonda. How would he have gone at that point 17 months? At this point, nine years. Ten years. Ten years, I'm sorry. With no sign at all of Nancy. There's just no way that that would, especially with Nancy disappeared before. Well, and after, I mean, investigators really hammered hard on him to get that confession that, no, you killed Vonda. You didn't just find this body like this. That I feel like he probably at that point would have cracked if he was so easily to crack on Vonda's murder. That he probably would have just then lost it release that hey i am involved in nancy's disappearance but there's been other details that have led us to believe that he probably didn't really have anything to do with it he probably just was a creepy guy which yeah. is even more terrifying though yeah. do you know what i mean, I <laughs> that mean there's more than one kind yeah. of person yeah. in this yeah. tiny little 1700 population town mm-hmm. and that's including people who live like outside of city outskirts. limits yeah. so i mean yeah. town itself is fairly I, I mean you it's one road and just a few little side streets so it's was nothing nancy big. married she it was separated. separated and had multiple love interests and it- but i even from from the very beginning of hearing this case and i said it when you myself and my dad did an episode the husband almost always does it right but he has a clear 100 percent alibi they they had split their girls up so when she disappeared he had their children okay. and the girls were with him so he never left them never nothing okay. they were yeah. with him the whole time that this happened with But Nancy. if she had other people she was dating. Like, yes. I, you know, I think it was last week where I mentioned Women Count USA yeah. on Facebook, which I now have been following. And it's amazing. It, it, I mean, it's amazing. It's her terrible. Work, yeah, but her work is amazing it, yeah. what she's doing because it is. It is. It is an epidemic, you know, and we, like every so often in the news, just, you know, you'll hear about an honor killing in Pakistan, you know, and people get all up in arms about, oh, you know, how dare they. It is just as bad here. Yeah. Yeah. It is every bit as bad here in the land of the home, you know, home of the brave, land of the free. What it, women are being killed by their significant others at a rate that is almost incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm normally very much like the husband do- the husband did it. Almost <laughs> right. always the husband did mm-hmm. it. But not but this time. No, not this no, time. Not this I time. 100% believe that he had nothing to do with it. But it's it's a strange case and well i mean the fact that he had weighted her down he was gonna get rid of her body he was gonna cover it up it just so happened that somebody stumbled across him yeah but even the way he was doing it was so ineffectual with the railroad ties and the wire and the i mean this was just i'm sorry he sounds like your typical tweaker meth head Zoom tight. Oh, thank you. Excuse who's, me. You know what I mean? Like, whose brain is just well, not crazy functioning. It, it's also just an act of randomness. He didn't know this woman right. yeah. from Adam. She's she, 60 years old. She moved from New York and lived in a different town. None of her family lived uh, here. You know, she just... Or was alive. Was, right. She was just a massage therapist in Olympia, Washington, which is about 30 minutes from Tonino. She lived in... She was said to live Yelm. in Yelm, which is only about 20 minutes outside of Tonino. But that trail runs through. So it would be, you know, that she yeah. took a whole day to just enjoy herself. Do a day enjoy, hike yeah, sort of the thing. outdoors. Because it is, it's beautiful. You walk the trail and it's breathtaking. Yeah. You wouldn't think that something like this would happen to you, especially right. on such a populated area that it's so widely used. You think you're safe? All people are seeing me all day long. Now, in it we did say that he did spend some time in a mental hospital, a mental institution. And I said this last week. Almost always, 
when any sort of mental health is used as a defense, almost always, it's fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. I do believe that he had something wrong. But meth will also do that too. That's true. Right. Meth, That's you know, true. meth will also cause. I feel like I always forget that he was doing meth yeah. too. Right. Well, because it was such a small, minor detail in everything. I mean, the news, like I said, wasn't very credible. No. So they made him out to just be this. It was all mental. It was just he cracked. Which he is just... the other thing that we don't put enough weight. I mean, the fact that again, you know, we talked about this that. Opioid addiction yeah. is the number one cause of death yes. right now. It has it has surpassed car accidents. The fact that the reason that you know the the average lifespan in this country is going down mm-hmm. is because of opioid addiction. Yep. And along with opioid addiction, you are seeing lots of other addictions also spike. And it is just out of control. And it's a public health crisis we're doing nothing about except blaming the victims. Yep. But, and lining big pharma's pockets so. for real but it's just i don't yeah i don't believe he had anything to do with nancy's disappearance but this the murder of vonda is pretty severe and as much as we say it wasn't it was a crime of opportunity i think partially i do think he had it planned he yes. knew what he was going to do. Well, but the little satanic den he had built uh-huh. underneath the house. It just didn't matter who it was. You could tell there was right. some sort of an obsession going yes. on here. And, I mean, the necrophilia. You know, this 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 is a messed up human honestly, who's been thinking about this right. at least for a he very long time. He planned the murder itself. And he right. planned everything that he was going to do. But the victim, victim. was. Right. It was opportunist. That's a good, yeah, the actions were all yes. planned. Right. He or just thought about, didn't fantasized know. About. Who he was gonna do it to? Yeah. So I mean, I'm assuming maybe he was just driving along, saw Vonda, said, "You know what? She's by herself. There's nobody around. Why not? Why not park his like, truck and just appear to be another person using the trail? Because he did. He parked his truck as if he were a pedestrian using it. And who who knows how he did it? There's still no clear clarification because he still has yet to say how he initially killed her. Yeah, but he the won't blunt, talk. He won't yeah. talk. But the blunt force trauma has me believing he did it from behind, where she wasn't expecting this to come or to happen to her. She probably just thought somebody's approaching mm-hmm. me. They'll walk right by me. This ain't no big she, deal. Another part of her autopsy, because it was blunt force trauma, not to mention the, the, the neck laceration. Near decapitation. Yeah. yeah. But she had also been suffocated. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then, did he drown her down in the water? When she, did she fall and roll? Did he drown her, then slit her throat to finish her off? What happened? What are the details that led up to him doing it? How did he do it from beginning to end? Because everything kind of just, now it's, we're just piecing it together with what we believe happened. I don't think there was any sort of drowning involved. Because there'd be water They in would the find lungs. water in the lungs. And since they didn't say anything about that, mm-hmm. it was asphyxiation not drowning well and her so. being cold and wet could just obviously be her being on the ground yeah you know down in that ditch where there was some water mm-hmm. where they were having to wade through yeah. that he probably that's where he had her laid down at bedded mm-hmm. down the lady walking by with her dog did say that the grass appeared to be flat like yeah. somebody had been laying something down or rolling around down there Oof. so i wonder what kind of struggle happened if that is the case mm-hmm. or was that him tossing her around to sexually yeah. assault her dead body it horrifying because he Elena admits to doing like it twice <laughs> i mean it's so sad like it it, it's pure evil pure evil because if you didn't mean to kill somebody 
Why'd you have sex with the body? If you didn't mean to kill somebody, why'd you slit her throat? Well, no, I mean, and this is this is Ted Bundy kind of crap, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, this is this is well, this is one element we don't talk about very often, but right. it's far more common. Yes, than, yeah. Well, and when another... you're, a, you know, a lot of sadistic killers of this type, there's a sexual component to it. Yes. Well, and the lady said, you know, he he was a handsome young man, a very mm-hmm. fit young man. So that tells me a little bit. He probably did overpower Vonda. Yeah. A 60-year-old lady just trying to keep her health up, you know. It didn't say anything about her being very active or yeah. unactive or anything. So I don't know what her or health was like. how big she was compared to him. You know. But like I said, if somebody comes up behind you and bashes you in the head twice you're hard just, enough. You're going to hit the ground and not know what is coming you're down. Well, yeah. and he, you know, you're she, we know that she was small enough for him to be carrying around. Yeah, because right. that's no easy job either to carry well, and a person a around. Well, especially a lifeless body. That's a lot of yeah. dead weight. Yeah. Regardless of their <laughs> weight. I mean, but dry, that's a lot of <laughs> dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> we need to delight the mood a little bit. I had to. It was going well, these are two, south, deep, dark. Our two cases this week are about as gruesome and gross, I think. And you know what I mean? Yeah. As, mm-hmm. it, out there as we have gotten yeah it's it's been a it's been a rough one but this is what i mean i hate to say it like this but this is what i enjoy Mm -hmm. is reading these kinds of cases because it's like so out there it's like oh my god what was this person thinking if ever doubted that humans are a part of the animal kingdom like here you go Uh, well if you think about it like the (laughs) how terrible he was at the planning of this and the execution of it. If it wasn't so brutal and sad, it'd almost be funny. Mm-hmm. It, how how dumb he was about it. Right. And still thought he was going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, if it it's didn't almost end funny. in tragedy, it could almost end in like exactly. an irony right. or something. If we weren't talking but about the death of some, you know, of, of, of a lovely enemy. human, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, this and the idea, oh, I just found it. I'm going to bury it to save some money. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, where did you pull that from? Like, right? Where, where did that, that had to have been seriously, like, he didn't know what to do. Like, uh, uh, um, so I found this body, but here's what I'm going to do for it. And please don't prosecute me because I'm just doing a Indeed. I'm gonna help a family I don't even know right. and haven't told yeah. and right yeah oh it, which that on his part is only I guess you could say lucky that she didn't have any family around that she you know really was by herself but he I didn't know that you know I think that that may have helped him in his case because normally in murder cases you've got the family of the victim testifying about how much of a monster this is because the person that they well did she just have no family at all they had all died yeah she just moved from new york really was just alone alone. yeah by herself yes and i think that's what makes it even worse is that here and he i'm a you know i'm almost certain he had no idea who she was yeah she obviously lived in yelm she didn't live in china it's not like somebody he had seen yeah or was selling meat to that he could case or watch or keep an eye on Mm -hmm. but that she didn't have anybody you know she's it was just her he took her life away from her and now he serves 26 years in jail oh i'm so mad about that like i can hardly yeah speak disgusting (sighs) Mm mm-hmm Ugh. Ugh. So, that was a fun week. We love bringing Maria around. (laughs) This has been a sad week already, and now 
from even sadder. School's over, though, so look that's, at you. You know, it's good. That's part of the sadness. I mean, it's weird. Like, at the end of the school year, there's both happiness that, yay, I've got my summer, and I have all these plans and things, but there's a sadness there, too. Like, yeah. you know, you miss students, and then one of my best friends moved away on Friday, and it's just, it's been kind of sad, so. Yeah. Well... Next week we may be back to Missouri. God knows yeah. what we're gonna do. You guys will know. You, you guys go. are never gonna know what's actually <laughs> happening. So every week's just gonna be a surprise. Woo-hoo! So I mean, and not just for you guys because we. This is very last minute for us too. This decision to do kind of a bonus week was a decision we made yesterday, <laughs> which is like. Two, three days before you hear right. this. Yeah. Which is funny because Caitlin had asked, she goes, I don't know how we're going to do this. She's like, it's because I want to do this state. Elena wants to do this state. And I was like, well, why not just do like a bonus? Like just and call it today, a bonus episode. Today <laughs> rules, I text Marie. Rules are made to be broken. Right. And sometimes <laughs> you just got to step outside the murder box. Right. So. And Maria and I have talked. Outside the state borders. <laughs> right. Marie and I have been talking about this case for at least a week now. Oh it's my, crazy. yeah. And, well, not just this case, but also the disappearance of Nancy, which is also mm-hmm. devastating because she, her, she's got two girls that now have grown up without a mother. Yeah. And, I it, mean, and it's just sad that. Not having closure. And they have yeah. no answer. I think that no is always the answers. worst. You know, and it's even worse too that here her ex-husband was and in my impression whether Nancy said in, to some people that she didn't want to get back together with him or whatever I had the impression that something was starting to rekindle mm-hmm. that they were you know something was well, at least igniting back again and he didn't he wanted to stay with her but she kind of gained an attention from other men and that kind of looped her mm-hmm. into that I mean obviously just being with one man yeah. she was a very pretty mm-hmm. petite young woman but it is sad that her daughters are going through this life with their dad, all of three of them, just with the what if. But thank God, at least and, they have their dad. Yeah. And, right. And hopefully... And he has not stopped. I mean, his efforts haven't stopped. And his daughters, I mean, she started a blog where it was Ask Me Anything, you know, anything. And that kind of brought a few people to her that she's reached out to this Jason Basinger who does the podcast. James. So, James Basinger, sorry. <laughs> so, it... I mean, it's it's rough, but if any of you guys are interested, it's definitely worth the listen. I mean, <laughs> we're going to plug their stuff, I guess, today. Right. Right. <laughs> Just go listen to Hide and Seek, because it's great. I mean, it is. It's a really good narrative. Mm-hmm. Of, and as much controversy as Up and Vanish had due to people claiming his lack of remorse for the family Mm -hmm. i think that james does a great job in this making sure that he's not overstepping boundaries Uh yes and he's making sure that like the family is comfortable with what he's doing before i mean you know and that's another that's another thing that's really hard about the obsession with true crime right now is that you know we talk about these things and sometimes we make jokes and everything like that and I can understand where families feel like sometimes they get re-victimized by some of these right. things because you know your your part of your story has been made public without yeah. your permission or and you're always being reminded of it and you're always having to hear other people talk about, talk it. about it without the same emotion and care mm-hmm. and that that's a difficulty i'm sure it's kind of like yielding a double-edged sword yeah 
I mean, that's one of the podcasts that I wanted to start was on a case that happens where my dad lived. I went to school with this girl. But it's almost like, and my dad's very good friends with his dad or her dad. So it's like, okay, I have almost like an in that I can mm-hmm. get some answers, you know, ask some questions. But then it also loops back to, okay, I remember when it happened and the devastation that clouded St. Mary's when it happened. So it's almost like as much as I want to cover it and get the true story out there because I feel like not all the facts were there. And they tried to flip it and make her look like a horrible person because she mm-hmm. had this drug addiction and she right. stayed with this guy and this and the other. But that's not okay because that did victimize her family. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. But at And the again, same that's time, another thing that, you know, we've talked about with sex workers, for instance, that, you know, very often is like, well, so what? You know, what did they expect to happen right. to them? They and the high and, risk and, Yes, and this, this attitude mm-hmm. of... Again, blame the victim. It doesn't yes. just happen in rape cases. No. It happens... Murder case. I mean, Which he... is, like, I, I don't even have words to express the rage right. for that. Yeah. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't go and interview people who I know, knowing what I already know, to try and dig a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. because I would hate to open up a wound that took so long right. to heal. Yeah. yeah. But but it's also I feel like let's get out there and demonize these perpetrators we, exactly. and drag their names through the mud and make sure everybody knows the what a truth. piece of garbage they yes. are because I get so damn sick and tired of all the apologists for the people yes. who perpetrate these these things mm-hmm. and it seems like you hear more about that like, than you do the one that has me heated the most is the rape case with Brock Turner oh my god well I think that that one just, one just oh my god how dare you go well. You know, he was a straight-A student. This is going to traumatize him for the rest of his life. Well, how do you think that that girl feels? But she drank too much. She knew she drank too much. She knew what she was getting herself into. No, I'm sorry. You do not drink to excess with an idea in your mind. Stop telling women how to not get raped. Yes. And teach men how to not rape. That is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. I think that's a good ending for this Yes. One. <laughs> well, and it's the sensationalization that's put uh, on it. it. You know, you hear more about murders where women are being burned. Tara Grinstead, where it was said mm-hmm. that her body was burned multiple times. Kelsey Barrett with Patrick mm-hmm. Frazee. He burned her body and got rid of her. They'll never find her. Mm-hmm. That's another issue. Sensationalizing the crime where other people are watching this news, where they're probably already thinking about doing something, and they're like, you know what? They're That's never going to find this body. Yep. Here they're talking about how it's such a big deal, such a big hassle, that they're never going to find this body. Here, I've got my out. Yep. That's another issue. But is that I the also news think... is also making these crimes... How to manuals. Basically. I also think it, it to be slightly different, to kind of play the other side of that, is not like a... Not, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not defending the news. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate for a second, just so we're all clear here. But on the other side of that, what if, while it may be giving them an idea of how they can success, successfully do it, they're clearly not going to get away with it. Right. Because every time, especially recently, where they're like, oh, this is terrible. He thought he was going to get away with it. It was almost the perfect murder. Mm-hmm. But they always get caught. Yeah. And 
it's really hard to burn a body. Can we just say like that? It's, I mean, it's really horrific. I mean, in it's, these... it's incredibly difficult to burn a body so that there's nothing left to find. Right. Not to get too gruesome, yeah. but. Well, right. and that's how when they talked about the Tara Grinstead case, mm-hmm. they, she was kind of, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is very gruesome and detailed, but she had been kind of the center source of a bonfire that lasted over days. Yes, that they kept she, going back to. Yes, they kept reburning well, and the this thing. the messed up part is, is that they're partying and gallivanting and drinking around this fire that people have approached, this bonfire party, that there's there's nothing felt because they keep going back and they keep partying against a bonfire where she's the accelerant. Yeah. Okay, so I think that what we got from this is there's a ton of cases everybody needs yes. to listen to. Go look at, you need to look at the disappearance of Nancy, last name please? Nancy Moyer. Moyer. You also should look into the disappearance of Tara Grinstead. You should look into any other thing that we just talked about <laughs> because there was a lot of information in these last like three minutes a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if any unless anybody else has anything else to add, I'm too traumatized. <laughs> so, if you have any suggestions, make sure you email us at stateofcrimepodcast@gmail.com. At make sure you follow our Facebook and join our discussion group. Maybe you can rant with us <laughs> or argue with us whatever you feel like doing today. Follow our Instagram and our Twitter. And I think that's it. Is that everything? Did yep. I get everything? You I did. Good all? job. See Social you media week. still. still <laughs> yep. No, that's going to get cut out because I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.